Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Back to back, Sebastian. It's just me and you again. The Low Rangers. Oh man, just when you just when we thought we're like, oh, we got another nope. Uh, but no, but K, KP will be back on in a few weeks. Um, she's just trying to finish up grad school. So uh, she's trying to do important things before she's coming over over to, back to Delaware. So um, and she's further than me. Yeah, there you go. Right. Uh, you're still here on Fridays. Well, I'm supposed to be done with grad school, but hey, everybody has their own path in life. Hey, you know what? Like, it's all right. You can take your time. No big deal. There's no rush. Probably right. switch my major again. That's probably why I'm in school so long. There you go. Master master in soccer coaching. I mean, that's an option. They have I that. Think, like that's a thing. Because, like your bachelor's is easy, but like you can just go get masters and everything. Like I might be one of those people that just have degrees on their wall. Just a collection of master's degree. Yeah, just in everything. Why not? I mean, that's that seems like that seems like a like a good way to do it. Um, so we had our tryouts for the Delaware Union Diamonds. What did you think? Um, I mean, I think everybody was kind of nervous, I guess, to get there. Like, what are, what are we expecting? Who's going to be there? You know, what's the level going to be like? And then I think once we you know, got into the training session that everybody's kind of got relaxed and felt like, oh, this is just going to be like what we typically do, just at a higher pace and just higher expectations you're going to play at a higher level. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things that we talked about was we we obviously had an idea how many we were going to have for this first tryout. And obviously we knew that a lot of the players couldn't make it into the second tryout. And we're possibly going to do add a third tryout in this now because I think we, we might just need to. Um, but, you know, uh, I really enjoyed the level of play that we had, the fact that we had a 14 year old with a 27 year old on the same field and they both like were great with it. And um, I told, I told the 14 year old the other day, I was like, Hey, did you realize that you shared a field of 20? She's like, wait, what? So she was like, she was all shocked, which again, like, I think that's part of the whole, the whole experience is just providing opportunities for players that we think can fit into the environment. I mean, right now we're, we're evaluating the, the, the idea of having possibly two teams, um, with the possibility for growth on, on the, in this league, which I think is going to be extremely important and something that we're really looking forward to. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's all about you know the system and the way we handle things. That's why we're able to have fourteen year olds playing with twenty seven year olds. Like we're not looking for the next Freddie Adu, but you know that specific kid has shown some promise, can show that they can play at that level. So we wanted to kind of see what we get out of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and and we're gonna we're going to we're gonna drop like the obviously now and then when this comes out in the social media they're gonna happen at the same time but we're gonna basically break news here. Um, so outside of my the 2010s and the 2008s that know one of the players uh, because I told them this week on Tuesday um, we're gonna announce our first three players right here on the podcast. So, all right, our first official three signees or three official first three players on the Delaware Union Diamonds for this summer. All right. So first one, we have Katie Cordell. Katie Cordell is going to play in the midfield uh, for us. Uh, She's from Middletown, Delaware, currently attending Rowan University. Um, 
She is a junior at Rowan. Going to be applying to med school starting over the summer, I believe. She said um, she's graduating in December of this year. So, uh, so Katie's going to Katie's going to come in with a lot of experience. Um, someone who's who's going to provide some leadership uh, to the team on and off the field. Um, on off the field, she's also going to do some coaching with us this spring. She's going to be working with the Discovery Program. She's going to be working with me with the OAs and the 2010 team. So we're we're really excited to have Katie on. Can we nickname her the Doctor? The Doctor. The Doctor. Doctor. Doctor Katie. Of the midfield, right? Doctor Katie. I like it. Yeah. The doctor. <laughs> Perfect. We should just start dropping nicknames on it. Yeah, we should have done that. That would be cool. Yeah, we'll. I'll get. I'll talk with her about it, and then we'll we'll drop some. Yeah. All right. So second on our list of uh, players that we want to announce, Kalen Cabasco, uh, KK is joining the team. <laughs> KK also from Middletown, Delaware. She attended uh, Middletown High School, and is currently at Hood College in Maryland. So really excited to have her on the back line. Uh, she's going to play as an outside back, possibly as an outside mid. For us, uh, comes in a lot of experience in high school soccer and in travel soccer. Uh, was a part of that uh, 2017 state championship team with Middletown. Um, was also the team one of the captains of of the Cavaliers. So uh, yeah, so really excited to have KK on on board. Shout out to Brian Derrickson. Yeah, shout out to Derrickson. That's right. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, uh, we're bringing back we're bringing a player that I coached when she was like 13 years old, 14 years old, 12 years old. I don't forget how old she was at that point. But Alexa McCracken is going to be joining uh, the Delaware Union Diamonds this year. She's coming from Felton, Delaware, uh, currently attending uh, Wesley College, and uh, she graduated from uh lake forest so lake forest pipeline coming up to delaware union that's right um so we're we're really excited to have alexa on again she she's a player that that can play multiple positions across the back line and even in the midfield um a lot of personality and uh and she's also going to be doing some coaching with us she's going to be working with the the discovery program uh with anthony and kyle i wonder how many people when they listen to this are going to be next to an actual Alexa and her Alexa lights up. <laughs> that has happened. That has happened before uh, at my parents' house. I've, I've talked about something or something like that. And like, it all of a sudden, like, you did you call me? It, right? Did you call me? <laughs> no, Alexa, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're really excited to have uh, Alexa McCracken on the team uh, for this season. So, so far, those are our first three players. Uh, we wanted to get our first three out because we want to uh, showcase those players, uh, give them the opportunities. And obviously, we have a lot more players that we're going to be announcing very soon. We also obviously have more tryouts coming up. The possibility of having even a larger group than we expected has uh, is going to open up more opportunities for players. Yeah, that's the key word. There's opportunities. Um, we just want to provide, you know, safe opportunities to play at a high level this summer, right? That's, that's really where this idea started. So, you know, if you're looking to play this summer, you're looking for a team to play on and kind of curious about it, I would say go to DelawareUnion.com and go to the tryout page and put your name in the player interest form. Yeah, absolutely. Either that or follow us on social media. See, so keep up with what's going on. That's facebook.com.com slash D-E-Union Diamonds. It on Instagram at 
DE Union Diamonds. And obviously our Delaware Union accounts. Uh, that's facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. So, um, and also, you know, recreational soccer is kicking off in a couple of weeks. Um, April 10th is the first day for that. It's been pushed for, it was supposed to start tomorrow. And obviously it's getting pushed to April 10th now. Uh, we're really excited for our spring season. Uh, we have a lot more players than we did. We're looking at almost uh, 200 more players than we had in the spring or sorry, in the fall. Uh, the discovery program is like blowing up, which is super exciting. Um, so that's going to be the discovery ages in Kent County are blowing up. Yeah. Um, we didn't brand it the same way as it is in Middletown, but we did tweak the way it was run and oh my gosh, people want, people want to get their kids out of the house, man. There was 90 kids from the ages four to six yeah. on a turf field. That's awesome. Shout out to Soccer Dan because it was well organized and put together. Soccer Dan, always coming through. Um, and then we just got our, our new um, a, approved plan by the Department of Health has been approved. So our players uh, are able to take their mask off while they actually play or train if they want to. Notice a difference in performance. Um when I made the announcement, some kids were like, oh, my mom said, I don't have to wear this thing. I was just forced to, we're just straight to the bags. <laughs> no, and, and we have like, some players that are still wearing it, which is again, completely, completely up to them at this point. Um, obviously yeah. the, the strict part comes as soon as we're off the field, they, they have to put them back on, but, but yeah, we're, we've been, we've been lucky enough to be able to have our plan approved. Uh, so that means we're able to, we're able to move on with that, which is great. And there's some green spots popping up at MV. So it seems like, you know, grass is growing and we'll be back to back to normal soon. Absolutely. Um, not only, you know, not only are we going to go back to normal soon, I also want to talk about the fact that like, all right, so this is going to be, it's, it's funny. We, this is one of our like Delaware union, like heavy uh, episodes at the beginning of it, but we also want to talk about our summer camps. Summer Pretty camps good. are going to uh, also come out tomorrow. Like our, like the save the dates, the registration is going to open up on Tuesday. Uh, but we're going to have some day camps. Um, uh, we're going to have some day camps on June 21st to the 25th, August 9th through the 13th. That's going to be just our regular day camp, six to 13 year olds meant for anybody that just wants to come out and have some fun. Um, super, super cool camps that we have that Anthony runs. And we also have our finishing goalkeeper camp that's geared towards our travel players. So that's uh, that's going to be August 2nd through the 6th. Then we're going to have our diamonds camp, which I'm really looking forward to that because uh, our players are going to run that. Um, and that's going to be July 18th through the 23rd. So right after the season's done, boom, get into the diamonds camp. And then uh, July 5th through the 9th, we're going to do the discovery camp, which is going to be a brand new camp that we're launching. That's really exciting. Um, you know, that our ability to be able to do uh, a, a discovery camp is going to be like that's gonna that's gonna change things for us uh i think yeah that's that's interesting that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> now the discovery camp the discovery camp is only uh it's only two hours okay so the okay. two hour camp the two hour camp two hour camp yeah we talked about it you know i even i even did some market research with my own wife and it was like hey like if you had to take our kid to a camp 
she's like well it had to be two hours and i'd have to have, like you know like it depends on the time and things like that and obviously we're gonna do our best with it but we we think we'll have some success with our with our uh discovery camp i was gonna say you may want to lock once everybody gets there lock the gate so they have to stay there <laughs> stay there can't run away <laughs> like don't leave this kid oh no for sure yeah 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 the, the players are, the parents are not allowed to just drop their kid off and just like just, you know dip doesn't work that way um all right so uh last topic uh regarding delaware union before we move on to our interview uh we got tournaments this weekend yeah we do back to tournaments when's the last time we played a tournament doing november? Like november fc delco november yeah uh so it's it's been some months um mine was at cecil again also november at some point um i wanted to so, go 10 miles like probably west and got shut down yeah that's right yeah um so i'm i'm going down the river with the 2008 girls uh and then you're going i mean you're technically playing in a maryland-based tournament but you're actually playing out of kirkwood yeah i'm up at kirkwood with uh soccer dan he's bringing the group up to kirkwood so yeah, we're in the Baltimore Marina Showcase and right. talking to Soccer Dan last night. He's looking forward to it. Um, he said one of the teams that he played last weekend, he was trying to play them again, and they're running from them. Um, <laughs> but for my group, it's exciting. Um, it's been a while since we've taken the field. A lot of progress. A lot of – I think they're a lot better mentally than we were a year ago. So looking forward to taking the field with this group tomorrow and – Told him there's a goal of four points this weekend. Let's get four. There you go. And the 04 boys are also in the tournament as well. So that's going to be that's gonna be exciting. And then the, down at River, the 2010 boys are going to be down there. And also the 2009 girls making their 11 v. 11 debut. Playing a year up. Uh, so the 09 girls with uh, with Coach Jeff and Derrickson are, are going to go down there and, uh, you know, see what they can do. So. Did you take your 08 girls down there? Yeah. So are you guys like gonna match up uh it depends i mean the possibilities are there it really depends on the results um you know hopefully it's a delaware union final i'm, I'm good with that I'd, I'd be happy with the delaware union final they might be looking at the tournament organizers <laughs> how did this happen delaware union final i'm all i'm all for it if that happens i'm just gonna sit back and just let the kids coach it like that's fine i'm good with it just me and derrickson and, and jeff are just gonna sit in the middle of the field there you go just sit at midfield and then just let it run there you go. Yeah. So, so really exciting stuff. We're, we're really looking forward to it. So a uh, lot to talk about when we come back next week uh, about all that stuff. So, so really looking forward to that. So when I talk about uh, some of the clubs that I enjoy playing against in general, because I'm always going to get a quality game out of it or the coaches that I, that, uh, that I play against that have some probably beaten me a couple of times already. Uh, I, I, you know, one of the clubs that comes to mind constantly is Keystone FC. I've gotten the pleasure of being in a coaching course with a couple of the coaches from Keystone before, and it's always just really good people. And they're one of the reasons why we're, we're going to be a part of the UWS from an email that I sent out to their executive director, who's Sean Cochran, who's on the call today or on the podcast today and Holly Hoy, who's also, uh, she's the assistant coach, uh, for the UWS team at Keystone. Holly and Sean, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having us on, Sebastian. Appreciate it. Yep. Doing great. Thanks for having us. I mean, Holly, you and I have, uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I remember the play, the first time I might, one of my teams played against you. The first, first time I coached against you. Um, 
I don't know if you remember that, but I, I, I like, I have a weird memory for games. Um, so it was the Spirit United tournament in 2018. Oh boy! Uh, it was a semifinal game. It was the 06 girls team. All right. Uh, and that that time I was coaching the Delaware FC 06 girls, and it was a semifinal game. Um, and it was we lost three to two. Sounds like a great game. It was. It was. It was. Uh, one of my players missed a sitter uh, with uh. like 30 seconds to go in the game. Oh, that's hard. Uh, <laughs> Lucky and, for us. Sorry for you. No, no, it's all good. Uh, I and then, and then about a year after that, I think I I was taking my C course with one of your coaches, um, and I brought the fact that I was like, oh, Keystone. I was like, I remember that because again, I brought back that game, and I was like, right. yeah. And he was like, oh, that must have been Holly. And I'm like, yeah, she was a, like, she was she was really she was really cool, just a, just a really good coach. And then, uh, you and I got to coach against each other last year in the fall. Um, yeah where you also beat me. So, uh, so well done, Holly. Well done. I mean, so, I mean, I'm hoping that in the summer, like maybe things change a little bit. Uh, but, but in general, uh, Sean, you're the executive director at Keystone. Uh, tell us in general about Keystone FC as a club. Yeah. So Keystone FC has been, uh, it's been a labor of love for us. We, uh, we started Keystone FC. We actually started and changed uh, Keystone FC from a local club. It used to be called Mechanicsburg Soccer Club. And we made that uh, shift or that change in 2015, to be exact. And at that time, we had about uh, 14 to 16 youth teams um, and about 280 players in the club at that point. And uh, myself and Jeff Lindenbach, who's also on our UWS staff, kind of came in and just said we wanted to kind of grow Mechanicsburg and, and eventually transition it to Keystone. And this year we're sitting at um, close to 70 teams and about 1,200 players. Uh, so it's been it's been kind of a fun ride uh, to see the club grow and develop over the last couple of years. And um, honestly, it's been one of those things where we just really try to strive to develop high quality players and that's kind of that's in our mission statement um and what we mean by that is just players who are technically sound players who understand the game from a tactical perspective um and then players that are really you know socially aware of what their interactions are like within the team setting so um you know we've got some core values that kind of that focus in on those as a club and um, you know, we, we've seen some success from it. So that's honestly what Keystone has kind of always been about or has been about since we, we started working with it is just developing these, these high quality players that, that understand the game and, and can play the game at a high level. And that's, and that's, that's awesome to hear. And I, I, whenever we talk to people from clubs that, that have a specific mission and a vision of it or a focus and 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 i and it was it's funny as i was doing a little more research on keystone in general i, I came across this, this idea of developing high quality soccer players and i think um that speaks volume because it also creates a it solidifies your pathway uh, for your players as they get older so how does that how does that play into this uws uh two team for this summer yeah i mean i think that one of the things that we've really tried to do uh, in terms of developing these high quality players is not just pr provide, you know, great opportunities in terms of the soccer, um, but it's to also just give them a complete club experience. You know, we've, we've got speed and agility coaches that we brought in early on. Um, we require volunteer hours uh, from each and every single one of our teams uh, two times a year. 
Um, you know, we, we have goalkeeper coaches that we brought in right away and trainers. Um, we really tried to say we want this thing to not just be the players arrive um, for two practices a week and a game on, a, on the weekend and then kind of move on. The goal was to provide value um, at, a, at a reasonable price. And that's what we've kind of strived to do. And it's kind of where the UWS piece came in for us. We felt like, you know, as our, as our teams age and age out of our club, what are they returning back to? Do, are there opportunities for them to play? Um, and as our teams have gotten older, we've tried to really uh, encourage opportunities and, and encourage these players to have opportunities to play. And that's that's really what the UWS has kind of been. Uh, we've had a U23 team for the past couple of years, and we're excited now to be part of the UWS and to, to grow, hopefully, with the UWS as well in terms of uh, kind of being the top of the pyramid for our, our girls program. That's great. And, uh, and I know that was one of the things that was one of the first things I asked you when I when I first contacted you was like, hey, like you're, you're starting this. What was kind of the how was it received and, and how are how are things and like, you know, why did you do it? it was and it was one of the reasons why we decided to kind of go into it as well. I was like, well, you know, if 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 Keystone's going to do this, I think it's going to be worth trying to do it. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be able to play against you guys. Um but at the same time, I think it's it's great to be able to have these conversations as well and just be able to share ideas. Um, Holly, how how were the first tryouts that you guys did or how were your tryouts in general for the, for this team? I'm going to be honest, I wasn't at the first tryouts. <laughs> um, I was working. Um, but from what I was told, it seemed like it was a really competitive environment um, with a solid turnout from girls that we knew and some that we didn't. And just girls that were really eager to play and excited to be there, which is kind of half the battle. So for us, I think we're looking at a group that not only um, wants to play soccer, but loves playing together as a whole. And that kind of, when you have that kind of environment, it kind of brings out the best in everyone. And so you could kind of get that vibe at tryouts. And so I think it kind of just set us all in the right direction moving forward. No, for sure. And, and you're the, you're the girls youth director of coaching at, at Keystone. So how does that play to um, adding this level to the pathway and like ultimately for your younger teams? Like I know, for example, you coach a 2010 girls team because that's the team that, that beat me before. Uh, it's a very good team. Um, but how does that play into what, you know, what you hope uh, is going to happen over the summer with, with the older players? Like is the goal for the younger kids to go, ultimately go out and watch them play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've mentioned it to um, my girls, the 2010s, and I mean, they're just excited to have it around, right? Um, going to try and bring them out, meet the girls, maybe see some training sessions, but also get them to games and get them involved, right? Like we've talked about getting them on the sidelines as being ball girls and things like that. Um, and they just talking with them have absolutely eaten up the idea. I mean, these are girls that they look up to. They're girls that some of them are in the area and they know them from high school sports or they, and it's like, Oh my gosh, that's so-and-so she's going to play for them. Like she's so good. And so just kind of like, it gives them that role model and someone to look up to, but also lets them know that it's reachable, right? It's a local kid that they know. It's not just someone from out of the area coming in and playing. It's someone they know and someone that they know a little bit about. And so it gives them an attainable goal, but also just is, very much a wow and cool factor for them as well. And so I think moving forward, I think we're going to get that response from a lot of our younger girl teams, um, especially as it continues to grow. And the more we get them involved um, 
the better off it's going to be. And I know the older girls too, like they love working with the younger girls and having them around. Like they're great role models. They, I mean, they're just amazing with them. Cochran, I mean, he has younger daughters and he brings them out and they love them. Right. And so it's just kind of a great place and a great opportunity to have role models and something to look, somebody, something to look forward to slash up to and strive to be like. No, I, absolutely. That's, that's, uh, that's really good. And and I, it's, um, I'm just looking forward to the atmosphere. I, I don't, I don't know. We haven't figured out the schedule yet, but, um, like I'm honestly just very excited to be able to play at some of these the, against these other clubs, just to see what their home environment is going to be like. Cause that's ultimately like, we want to, we want to try to put on a show in the, in the sense that love, like we want our players to come out and, and just enjoy the environment. I think that's, that's, that's key. Um, so Sean, as we talk about, you know, putting on a show to a certain extent, but like what, what, you know, if you had to give me like the scouting report that you could give me, knowing that you're playing against me at some point or you're playing against our team, uh, what, you know, what could we expect out of the Keystone um, UWS team on the field? Uh, uh, I think that, I think that our teams and our club as a whole, I think that if, you know, you were looking at us, we're going to be extremely kind of blue collar. Um, you know, the area that we're from, it's a, uh, you know, you've got your mix of blue collar, white collar, uh, types of, of, of occupations and, and individuals. And I, I think that we really try to embrace that kind of that blue collar mentality. So I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see hardworking group. Um, I think you're going to see technically sound group, uh, a group that likes to keep the ball moving, um, likes to, to switch the ball from side to side, uh, you know, find, find the seams and find the ways to break the lines. And then uh, I, I think you're going to see a fast team. Uh, I think we have a, a lot of speed kind of all over the field and that's a, that's a good thing, but um, yeah, no, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun group to work with. We're really excited. We've got, you know, division one, two, and three players on the team and uh, we're just excited to get started with them here in May. Um, once we can get everybody kind of back in and in together. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, all right. So we're going to get to know, uh, we like to get to know our guests that come on the podcast. So um, how did you both in general start, start coaching? Uh, how did that come about? Everyone knows that always has a different story. So uh, Holly, we'll start with you. How did you get involved in coaching in general? Um, first Messiah runs uh, day camps, right? Messiah university. Now they run camps over the summer. And so I kind of worked those and enjoyed it, but never really thought much of it. And then um, my senior year, Cochran actually reached out to me and Cochran coached me in high school. So we've known each other for a while. And he was just kind of like, what do you think about coaching? And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And so I guess I get, guess I kind of got just thrown into the fire and was like, figured out, but then the resources and the way that they were able to help grow you as a coach, um, was kind of what kept me there and drew me in. And the environment that they create for the coaches they help you be the best that you possibly can like if you want to put the work in and you want to grow um they give you those resources and so it was kind of just an environment that once I was in I fell in love with it and didn't really ever want to get out of it so that's awesome I guess John Cochran pulled me in (laughs) (laughs) all right well well Sean if you were you were the inspiration for Holly uh how did you get started yeah so I um I also attended now Messiah University as well. And um, my junior year of college, after I'd played my freshman, sophomore year, I'd stopped playing. And um, at that point, my actual old high school coach had reached out to me and said, hey, would you have any interest in 
in coaching. And I was young, I was 20 years old and, uh, I was like, yeah, sure. I was, I'll give it a try. And, um, honestly, I, I went in that, I think that would have been the fall of my junior year and, uh, started coaching and that would have been in 2004. And I have not stopped since, um, I fell in love with it. Uh, he, it was just one of those things where, uh, you just had an opportunity to really influence uh, people, um, and then share the love of the game with you know with young people. And um, I'm a school teacher by day, so for me, it was one of those things where I I got to take my passion for soccer and my my passion for working with young you know uh, people and just apply it. And so for me, it was kind of this marriage of these two things that I love to do. Uh, so. Yeah, I got started in 2004 and have not stopped uh, since. And um, there are weekends where it is really hard, especially as my family has grown um, and, and I got married and all that. But uh, it's something that I love. It's it's what I it's part of who I am now, and I, I can't imagine not being able to coach. Um, you know, since I've I've been doing it for so long. So it's awesome. Um, so we we have a question and and your the fact that you're a teacher kind of leads us to this and so before I ask you that what what do you teach? So I'm actually a, a health and phys ed teacher at Mechanicsburg uh, Area Senior High School. Okay. By day, so that's my day job. Awesome. Well, so we we've and, and so this next question alludes to the fact that um, it, to be a soccer coach, uh, we we all know that being a full-time soccer coach. Uh, sometimes we put them, we put the idea of full-time soccer coach in, in quotations, uh, mostly from the financial and more than the actual time commitment part of it. Cause sometimes it is a full-time job from a commitment standpoint, but um, so our other co-host on the podcast, Duane, uh, he, when we asked this question of like, what other jobs have you had around in general, not necessarily with soccer, but just in general, like throughout life, that are just interesting or something like that. And he told us about the fact that he worked at Hollister for 48 hours. He lasted mm -hmm. all of two days. Um, didn't like getting up early was getting lost inside the mall. Um, so, uh, so we ask everybody that comes on is like, what other jobs outside of soccer um, have you had that maybe are a little interesting? And we've gotten some strange ranges of like random jobs that people have had. Even Stephanie from UWS talked about how she, uh, she was a hostess at a restaurant and also was doing coat checks at the same time. So, uh, so Sean, we'll, we'll start with you outside of teaching and being a soccer coach. What, what else have you done in general that maybe it's a little outdoor interesting? So when I was younger, I, I think I started, I, I was a, uh, I did some, um, serving for a retirement, uh, community or, uh, area near us. And that was like one of my first jobs, you know, serving plates. And then I, that was not the most enjoyable. So I moved in and I became a lifeguard, which was fun. was a, was a good thing, you know, especially in the summer, you get to be outside. But then from that, I probably moved on to my most interesting job, which, um, is something that I probably would never have ever thought that anybody even has this job. But, um, I actually worked for a company that was an accident reconstruction company. So they would investigate, um, they would investigate like tractor trailer accidents and, uh, commercial bus lines and city buses and things like that. And part of my job was actually to go around to different cities in Pennsylvania and evaluate the bus drivers. So I would like almost hide in plain sight 
and then sit there with my, my uh, paper, my pencil and evaluate the bus drivers and see how they were doing in terms of were they following all the different regulations and the rules. Uh, so that was one of my, one of my summer jobs and a really, really interesting job. That's so you're almost like a secret shopper of sorts. Yeah. Like a secret, like a secret evaluator of, of, uh, city buses. How's that for you? <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. You just got to, so your job was to just sit on a bus and just ride around. I would ride, I would ride all over cities. I, one summer, I think I visited like 12 or 14 different cities in Pennsylvania oh and would goodness. spend would spend the day on the buses and would just ride from, you had to know how to ri- read a bus map. That's for sure. Cause you'd have to ride from one bus line to another and make sure you caught it at the right time and all that. There were a couple of uh, situations that I got myself into where I'm like riding the, the bus at the wrong time. And I ride, ride it to the end of the line and they're like, are you getting off? And I'm like, Oh yeah, sorry. I, m- I missed my stop back there or something. But um, yeah. So that was, that was probably my most interesting job. What a- what I'm imagining, like you have to be able to find a find your way back to your original spot where your car was, right? Like that. that yeah, that, that 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 was always the fun thing. Again, if you got off at the wrong stop and you're like, "Oh man, I don't have a bus. Another bus isn't coming in here for 45 minutes to an hour. I got a lot of time to kill." So, yeah, it was a <laughs> that was really, definitely a fun and enjoyable job. <laughs> that's really interesting, Holly. What about you? Well, we well, got nothing that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why? Well, so before you go, like. Did you know that story already? No, no, that's a new one. Oh, that's awesome. That's a new one. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, straight out of college, I went into social services, working with adults with um, autism and doing different jobs throughout that, helping them build skills to be able to apply for jobs, obtain jobs, things like that. Um, and then after that, um, and I loved it. It was a great job, but hour-wise with coaching and things like that, it just really wasn't it wasn't working and I wanted to kind of put coaching as a little more of a priority. Um, so I went and I worked at, um, a retirement center here as their activities, um, director for a little bit and love that. Then COVID kind of happened and I had the opportunity to start nannying for some surgeons in the area and they were willing to work, um, more of a seven to three kind of job, which is perfect for soccer, right? You're out by three and you're ready to roll. And so now I'm doing that and loving it. So kind of got lucky in the department where I kind of always had something I could coach or make work that I could coach, but nothing as cool as hopping on buses and and evaluating someone. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's awesome though. That's uh, that means, that means you're always trying to, you're trying to do good things for good people. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Definitely enjoy all of the roles, jobs I've I've had. That's great. Um, all right. So before we go, we want to know uh who are your three favorite soccer players? Holly, we'll start with you for this one. Uh Tobin Heath would have to be at the top of the list for me. And then um Mo Sala and Rose Lavelle. They're kind of all similar, but cheeky players with a high eye soccer IQ um that put more into the team effort than necessarily the individual. And so I just kind of like what they do as players and kind of going to players who haven't really played before. I could throw Wayne Rooney in there things like that. But yeah. those are my top three that currently play right now. Nice. Awesome. Sean, what about you? Um, so I'm, I'm a little different. I, um, I wasn't a flashy player by any means. So I feel like I'm like trying to live vicariously through some of my, my selections. Uh, so I'm a big Wesley Schneider fan, actually. Oh, wow. Um, All right. All yeah. Right. 
he's got a little bit of flair, a lot of what, which I did not have personally. So he's got the flair and just the, I like the, the way he plays. Um, I, I honestly, um, I'm a Manchester United fan. So I also like Robin Van Persie because I loved when he was at United and I'm a big, and I'm a big Dutch fan, which is why I was actually hoping at one point Schneider was going to come to Manchester United and it was just going to be amazing. Um, and then the, the last one is going to be kind of that hardworking and some people don't, may not like him as much, but I've always loved Michael Bradley. I just like his work rate. I think he just works hard that may bother some people that, but I really have just always enjoyed him as a player and just the, the work rate that he puts on, puts in, you know, his vision and his, just his durability, I would say. So those would be my three. Interesting. I like, I like, I like the three choices. Uh, I liked all six of your, I liked all, all three from, from both. Um, Sean, did you ever see that quote of, from Wesley Snyder about um, when he said that if he had actually like, uh, put more effort into his like training and playing and like I like felt like he like cared more he would have been just as good as Messi and Ronaldo yeah well I mean 2010 so I was just thinking about him like back 2010 the Dutch finished they were second in the World Cup right I think it was the yeah. South African yep. um but he was just unbelievable I mean he was yep. amazing the entire World Cup and it's yep. just one of those things where I think he was probably the if not the best, one of the best players that year. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, I, I don't know. It, it just didn't seem like everything always lined up for him every single year, you know, to be yeah. in that conversation. And that's probably why he probably didn't put the effort in they need to, but he was, uh, for yeah, sure. He was just always sure a quality player. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A quality player. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I will, Sean Holly, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out, uh, to, to come on the podcast and talk about, soccer in general and just uh this new adventure that we're all kind of embarking on with the uws teams o- over the summer uh so i really appreciate your time and just looking forward to uh getting on the field and and you know playing against some good people that's, that's, that's yeah. which is going to be fun thank you thank you for having us we really appreciate it yeah. yeah definitely thanks for having us looking forward to the summer yep all right moving on to the champions league and the europa league so, I mean, hot off the press, Duane, we are talking about the matchups for the Champions League quarterfinals. We got City Dortmund, Porto, Chelsea, Bayern against PSG, and Real Madrid, Liverpool. I mean, uh, I know Man City's probably kicking themselves to why they didn't go get their guy from Dortmund during the last transfer window. Now you got to play him. <laughs> yeah. They're linked to him. You should have went and got him. Now you got to play him. Um, but I think those are all like powerhouse heavy matchups. Like there's no no sleeper. I mean, Porto is maybe your sleeper team in that group in those other matchups. But I think all those teams. Realistic. I mean, that, the Bayern the Bayern PSG game I think is going to be the like that's the that's the the heavy hitter for me. That's the rematch of last year's final. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's that to me is like the that's the that's the the one that I'm really looking forward to. And then after that, so already the the semifinal draws are already out. So the winner of Bayern PSG plays the winner of City against Dortmund, and then the winner of Real Madrid against Liverpool plays the winner of Porto against Chelsea. So we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, that's 
yeah. in the one in the one that I'm really excited about is the Europa League quarterfinals. They got all the money all, all the champions. They got all the money on one side of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so for the Europa League, I'm really excited for uh, for some of the matchups there. I mean, you got Granada against United, Arsenal against Slavia Prague. Ajax against Roma. I think that's the that's like the big matchup right there. Ajax against Roma, and then uh, Zagreb against Villarreal. Zagreb, so, that team from Croatia, yeah, whose coach just went to jail for like four years, possibly. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm looking forward. I mean, that's Zagreb literally just eliminated uh, uh, Tottenham yesterday. Yeah, that's the team where their coach went to jail for four years. Yeah. But you know, shout out to uh, shout out to Mourinho for for going into their locker room afterwards and just giving them a hand, uh, and then just flat out told his team they weren't you weren't prepared, you didn't want it. Well, I would have went to the locker room and said, "Y'all hiring?" <laughs> <laughs> trying to make a move. <laughs> That's really what he was like. He was like, you know, I'm trying to win the, a real championship this year. Y'all hiring? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get the Europa League? <laughs> you see what I did with Porto a couple of years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, all right. So one other announcement that we want to, we want to, we want to do is, um, we have, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we talked about the the possibility of strive coming in. Um, our friends at strive leadership are going to come in and the second Friday of every month, starting in April. So April 9th, they're going to come in and, uh, basically they're going to talk about some leadership, uh, different topics every week. So Linda uh, is going to come on the first one, I believe, and we're going to have some different topics to talk about every month. So monthly segment by Strive. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's something that we've been working on in general with our team, especially with Dwayne and, and Coach Kyle. So so we're looking forward to that. Yeah, um, the Strive, you got to get some Strive. It's awesome. Um, I even had my kids nominated team captain, and you can just see – the growth and leadership where everybody would have said, Oh, me, 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 me. But they all, well, they all nominated the same kid. Yeah. They all nominated someone for a different reason. That's exactly right. Like it, it's, this stuff is, is really working wonders with our players. We're really excited about it. All right. So moving on to the player of the match, my player of the match, uh, is going to actually have two. So, uh, I, do you want the first one or the second one? Which one do you want? Would, like the funny one or like the... Let's go with the funny one because mine's a funny one this week. All right. So you're my player of the match for the first one. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're you're my player of the match mostly because uh, you and I had a FaceTime call on Wednesday, right? You, you've called me on Wednesday from the field, I believe. Monday. It was Monday. My, it might have been, been Monday. Um, it, yeah, it was Monday. So on Monday you called me and we were FaceTiming for a minute because you had a question about something going on in the field. And I had, I was, you know, I had my kids with me. And uh, so they said hi to you on, on FaceTime. And Lila was super excited because we talked to her in Spanish. So she was, she was really excited about that. And then Ethan decided to run around going, I'm coach Dwayne, I'm coach Dwayne. And then the, like, it's been like almost like the theme of the week at, at some random point in the day. Ethan will go, I'm Coach Duane, and starts running around in circles. We're going to have to get him some gear, some Coach Duane gear. <laughs> some Coach Duane gear. 
Um, so yeah, I'm so uh, on the sideline like this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so uh, my my first player of the match goes out to you because you've made my kids weak. <laughs> really excited. He's really excited to be Coach Dwayne. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna send him a, a, a jumpsuit so he can stand on the sideline next to me with his arms get, crossed like this. Getting some Jordan, some Jordan gear. Jordans. I hide it from Chad. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then my second player of the match uh, goes out to Carlos Tevez. So Boca River was on on Friday on Sunday. Uh, it was a one-one game, but Tevez is coming or, or basically played with a sprained ankle the entire game, and like hit an assist that was like basically pillared a pass that led to a PK that allowed Boca to score a goal. But the pass that he made, like ball was coming in he was at midfield and he does like a spinning back heel like into a through ball like basically like through ball spinning back heel like it was it was sick basically like volta mode on fifa yeah basically what it was that's but like in a bigger field yeah like it was it was legit aka you should have came to the u.s you probably make some more money i mean yeah doing but stuff they, like that we so just yes all you gotta do is play twenty minutes. <laughs> so shout out, so shout out to Carlos Tevez uh, for for that fantastic assist that he had. Uh, wh- who's your player of the match? Mine is you know that guy that never loses a, a league. <laughs> he's like six times in a row he's won his league for PSG, Juventus, or Bayern. Kingsley <laughs> Coman. Um, Kingsley drove his. Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon to training, was not allowed to park in Bayern's training facility, had to then park his very expensive G-Wagon on the street, walk into the facility, um, and got fined $50,000 because Bayern's sponsored by Audi. Audi gives the players cars that they expect they, that are driven to games and training and things like that. And since Mercedes and Audi are rival companies, he had to park on the street and not in the players' facility. So Kings of Coman, second time he's done it this year. That's why he got fined. Um, <laughs> it's my player of the match because he just like, hey, I'm a champion either way. I don't care. I'm gonna drive my G wagon. <laughs> got a park. Got a park in the satellite parking lot. No, not even a satellite parking lot in the street. He, like, <laughs> I got a picture of him like parallel parking on the street. <laughs> Regular people parking. Regular people parking. Meter parking. To get a ticket for for not putting enough quarters in there. I hope not. <laughs> so fifty thousand. It'd be fifty five, fifty thousand and five bucks, or ten bucks, or ninety bucks for the ticket. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's quarters. that's funny. That's funny. Hey, but it also like at the same time though, like, I mean, to have that problem, right? Like, do you I mean, get out of the house? Do you get out of the house and go? Oh, what do I drive today? The Audi or the G wagon? <laughs> I get out of the house and say, Do I want to drive the Lexus or the Acura? I mean, fair enough. Good for you. Like, I get out of the house and I'm like, All right, uh, do I do the field trip bus, which is what my car is now known as, uh, <laughs> or do I do the the Civic? I guess I don't know. Uh, did you did you buy a soccer Dan's van? No, that's what my kids call my my car. Because uh, while we record the podcast, it's Fun Friday, so usually Brittany, my wife, takes the kids to uh, takes the kids on a field trip. So it's usually the field trip bus. So that's what my car is now called as a field trip bus. 
So off I we go. You're on the soccer dad. You were transporting your team. No, you? no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. On the Mazda, the Mazda three, <laughs> <laughs> Mazda three party bus. If he's got to, if he's got to bring his goalkeeper, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> you're done. The gloves don't fit. <laughs> uh, all right. So on this day in soccer history. Uh, we're going back to, I mean, I don't even remember what episode we talked about him, but we're going back to Stanley Matthews. Remember Stanley Matthews doing? Yeah, Stanley Matthews. Yeah, that does ring a bell. Uh, so he was like, we had him on the podcast before as like on the Stanley Soccer History for having like retired when he was like 50 years old or something like that. Um, actually, let's let's make sure we get that right. Uh, yeah, he was like 47 years old when he when he like re- retired. Um having been like one of the oldest players to played on the national team uh, on the, on the England national team. So uh, today, March 19th, 1932 at the age of 17, he made his debut for Stoke city. Um, and then 33 years later, he finished his career. You got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. At 50. So he played, he was, he played until he was 50 years old. Yeah. You got, I mean, you got to start, you can't, you can't finish if you don't start. So you had to make no. his debut sometime. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stanley Matthews, known as the Wizard of the Dribble or the Magician. So March 19th, so 19, 1932. So in theory, he could have had a kid. Kid would have grown up and still, and his kid would have been playing while he was playing. Yeah. I mean, it's happened in Argentina a few times. Not not often, but it's happened one or two times where um, where some players have shared the field with their dad. It's interesting. For sure. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week goes out to Steven Gerrard uh, for standing up to his player. Um, uh, you know, standing up for his player from Rangers, Glenn Kamara, uh, who um, said that a player from Slavia Prague in the Europa League game yesterday uh, Audridge Kudela um, made a racial slur to him, um, and it, like went up to him in the five, last five minutes and whispered it to him in his ear. So Steven Gerrard stayed after the game on the field, talking to the to the UEFA, UEFA officials uh, to try to figure out um, how to how UEFA can take it over. Um, he stands behind his player one hundred percent. Um, and that, you know, Slavia Prague came out with, um, came out with a, with a statement saying that, um, that they, that he wasn't, um, he, he didn't do that and that his, uh, his player was physically attacked after the match and all these other things as well. So like, so now UEFA has it and the local police have it and they're trying to kind of solve and figure out what happened. Um, I just don't understand how stuff like this still continues to go on. Um, so shout out to Steven Gerrard for standing up for his player. And not only that, going be- beyond the game to do what's right. So beyond the result, they lost the game. They're out of the Europa League, but that's ultimately secondary uh, to to what really what really needs to, what's really important. Well, I think Stevie G knows his name holds a little weight too. That's right. right? It's It's different. 
I mean, it shouldn't be that way, but since he was, you know, a legend for Liverpool and the English national team, he could probably get through some, he probably knows some people that know some people. Yeah. Rather than like, if you or I were a coach of Slavia Prague, you try to raise the standards, like, go sit down over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, hopefully something happens. I, I just, again, I'm just tired of it constantly happening. Um, yeah. Making headlines all the time now, right? Yeah, exactly. Let's make headlines for for positive reasons, not negative reasons. Let's let's yeah. do that. So, uh, who's your player or fair play of the week? My fair play of the week goes to the Dan Simmons. Um, one, he helped us on Monday. We worked in tandem to get the Delaware Union dog off of the field. <laughs> um, so we spent thirty minutes doing that, even though we could have just kind of left and said, hey, "You know what? This dog's just out here. Don't really care." So we got that out there and got out in the timely fashion. And two, on Wednesday, we lost the lock to the gate. He produced a lock out of his vehicle that he knew the code to. He did not know the code to. He says, what was the gate code at DUP? I was like, and then when it was open, so we were able to secure the facilities. So Dan Simmons, always there. When you need him with something. Monday it was a ham sandwich for the dog. Wednesday <laughs> it was a luck for the gate. So La- last that- Sun or last Saturday it was goalkeeper training, as he is now the official goalkeeper coach for the Delaware. Oh Dallas. yeah. And then he, he's just like hey, we were talking about, hey, can you be our goalkeeper coach? He be our goalkeeper coach. And he's just like, Yeah, and didn't tell anybody. So now he's like our official goalkeeper coach. That's right. Yeah. He's just like, oh yeah, I just showed up. When I heard we had trials today. You need a goalkeeper coach. I'm I'm there. I'm good. (laughs) So yeah, shout out to Soccer Dan. Absolutely. And if you're looking for the COVID vaccine, call Soccer Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if he's just got him sitting in his car like the ham sandwich. Uh, I don't know. Does not have them sitting in his car, but he definitely knows the place to get him. Uh, well, well, there you go. I mean, I mean, if you soccer Dan three hundred two on Instagram, that's he was I, trying to figure that out on Saturday as well. I mean, he people. might not know. He might not know how to get to him, but you know, to it. But yeah, uh, yeah, hit him up. Hit him soccer up. Soccer Dan and his apps. Man, he had to download an app yesterday, and he was just like, didn't wow. go well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, soccer Dan needs to go back. He, we need to produce a flip phone for Soccer Dan. He needs to go back to the the good old Nokia flip phones or that Nextel. Remember those Nextel ones? The chirp. Yeah, with the little with the little walkie talkie on it. Yeah, yeah there you the go. chirp. Or no, that was yeah. Boost Mobile that had the chirp. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just going back down memory lane. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know, we're gonna wrap it up. So make sure you go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer on Twitter at D E Union Soccer. Uh Dwayne, best of luck this weekend. Uh tomorrow's March 20th. You uh you sneaking in or no? Um there is a gap and between Mr. Soccer Dan and I played back to back on Saturday, but there's like a nice little gap. However, I don't know what the parking situation is going to look like. So We'll might, might not be sneaking in. We'll assess. We'll assess yeah. the situation. It won't be a sneak in. That's right. You're you're, you're part of the crew. Yeah, but if you might be here's be part of the Mike B supporter section. So if he just <laughs> starts hearing his name getting yelled out, 
He's like, what's going on here? That's me. Wayne comes out with a boo-boozella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well thanks for joining us this week and remember always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm-hmm.